what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Keeping It Grimy podcast, um, where I travel around and link up with some of my mates in the grime scene, and we have a chat about stuff. Oftentimes it's about music, but a lot of the times it isn't as well. Just having a chat and uh, capturing some of it. Uh, and today we are in the Major Music Recording Studio, and I'm here with the man himself, Sharky Major. What's going on, sir? Yes, my bro. How you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm yeah. all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, first time I've been down to the studio. Um, so yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for finding the time. I know you're a very, very busy man. Yeah, so are you though. I've got to be these days, ain't <laughs> you? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, man. If you're not busy, then we'll get into that because <laughs> yeah, the the business it is the busyness. Um, Absolutely. So, what most people will know you for, obviously, is the 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 branding that is all over your body at the moment. Um, successfully launching a new event. Grime Originals, that's what most people know you for in 2019. Um, let's just jump straight into that. Like, Why did you want to start a rave? After all the people that have tried <laughs> and failed and got out of it, what craziness came across, <laughs> came upon you and made you want to start? Yeah, I think um, at the time I was just looking at the game and I was thinking, right, there's not really much like events going on that remind me of what 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 made us want to do this and what made us grow this thing do you know what i mean and helped us to grow the thing so it was a bit odd because when i sat back and looked i thought hold on so when there's a gram event what is it just got to be one man or two man on the lineup or is it a thing where it's just performing pas and songs like what about when the dj just played the tune the man sprayed the bars and the crowd went crazy so that was my my first thoughts and um where obviously, like, where I'm from and the MCs and people that I came up around, when I thought of the idea, it was quite easy to speak to people who were similar to me or from that era to start with. And obviously the new generation guys that were active at the time always would be on anything if you shout them and say, yo, do you want to get involved? So Yeah, because opportunities were scarce, are scarce. Absolutely, they still are for real. So, you know, combined, it was it was sick because we had the original old school, new old generation, whatever mm. you want to call them, the vets, the legends, the greats, whatever you want to call them, foundation. Then you had the fresh new guys coming through. Mm. And then in between that, we've got now people, it, the gap's been filled as well because you've got like the mid-gen, if you want to call it that. <laughs> the mid-gen. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the mid-gen. So, you know, like people like Jams and your Capo Lees. Yeah, and the guys that have just been maintaining, I, mean? I guess. They've just been yeah. there grafting, maintaining the last yeah. few years. So. You know what I mean? And um, we've got more more people that still haven't even featured in Grime Originals that really I'd like to get involved real soon or I feel like should have already been involved. Mm. It's just it's difficult when you've got venues trying to make you cut down your lineups because they're, they're scared about having all these people on stage. So that's an interesting angle. Let's talk about that. Like, mm. obviously, one of the reasons why there were so few events is because there were a lot of venues closing. Yeah, um, yeah. And as a man that was around in, like, 2001, 2002, you dealt with firsthand that whole shift in, you know, garage being slightly pushed out of them yeah. kind of venues or certain types of garage raves mm. being pushed out of them venues. Mm. And, yeah, it just became harder and harder to to get a, a grime event on. Like, they just... It's like you start... You say the word grime and 
it's, yeah. it's stress and for and everybody. I, and I felt like it was unjust as well. Mm. Obviously, I know when, you know, the early days, it was um maybe a little more trouble happening at events, but over time, you know, the the growth of the brand of the music, the scene and the awareness, and obviously people just becoming a bit more aware that you're not meant to go out and be troublesome. You know what I mean? You're meant to yeah. go out and have fun. Um, so you know, over time, I think it took a long time for people to realize that actually there isn't no trouble at the grand raves or events. But yeah, for a minute we were in trouble. We couldn't put on no events. Everything getting locked off. Uh, you mentioned going to a, a venue and they don't want to support it. Do you know what I mean? But then obviously a lot of people went on to do big things, um, mm. which I think kind of well definitely opened doors and raised awareness and made people. So view what's it, it like in twenty nineteen when you try and speak to a venue? Like, what's <laughs> that discussion like? Uh, it's still not easy. Mm. Obviously, some people understand it, respect it, rate it, and some people don't care or understand it and don't rate it. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's a bit of both. But the good thing is now we've got uh, the, the CV, the track record to show and prove. That a we're holding big events like grossing over a thousand people at events, mm. um, and no trouble at none of the events. You know, it's been going like two years. You know what I mean, yeah. so like or even over two years. March two thousand and seventeen was the first ever Grand Originals events at Birthdays, Dawson, two hundred people, less than and that's that. That's not there anymore now. I know, it's shut down it's as well. Like a, <laughs> what is that like a well, bar thing? Now? Yeah, they changed the name now, so yeah. still a bar. It's just that they're not hiring they're it not out on music. They're on a, not on music. Well, they were doing internal promotion anyway, weren't they? For yeah, like they were doing a lot of their own things, but they used to let... That was almost like my playground at one point. Mm. I put on events there virtually all the time. Um, and that's where I grew Grime Originals. First event was yeah. like a half-empty rave. <laughs> probably about 100 mm. man. See what I mean? And like 80 of them are probably like people <laughs> that you knew. Yeah, well. yeah. It was one of them ones that just started off as industry people. But that's what you got to do. That's like how anything starts. True, man. Do you know what I mean? And the good you thing gotta is... eat shit at the start. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, man. And even now, two years in, I could say the business still technically owes me money as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So some people might look at it like, oh, Grand Originals is doing this, is doing that. But when you start up a business, you have to be prepared to lose money for the first few years. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, some people could get it right straight away and, and hit the ground running. And technically, Grand Originals hit the ground running in terms of its growth and stuff. Do you know mm. what I mean? Um, and the potential was still. Did out you there. have a Did you have a business model like a plan when you first started, or did you just want to put events on? Because that's the thing. Like you're not a promoter coming into mm. this thinking, oh, I can nick a couple of quid here. Like mm. these kids aren't putting on events. You're mm. a, you're an MC. Yeah. You're a foundation MC that's been part of the the birth of grind. Yeah, you were yeah, there at the very start. So like you're coming to this for a from a different angle. Like you're you're caring mm. about there not being events. Like so. That's the thing. Like. I've put money into my pocket to put on events and try and... Put your hand in your pocket. Take the money out of it. You know <laughs> what I'm trying to say, man. Hand yeah, in I just want to clarify it Let's for get everybody. It right. Listen, it's late right now. We're recording late. It's, it's, it's Logan Summer late special. But yeah, basically, in a nutshell, um, yeah, man, I put my hand in my pocket to, to fund this sort of stuff Yeah. and to grow it. And it's never been, oh, I need to make money out of it. You know what I mean? Like, I've been doing my thing without really relying on music or income mm. do you see what I'm trying to say so for me to, to to invest in it hopefully some people recognise that it's not for me just trying to make dough do you know what I mean um, yeah so and that's it <laughs>
Well, you moved from birthdays mm. into fire, and fire was then the home of Graham Originals for a while. And then, literally, just the other week, we did the first Graham Originals as part of that lineup in Fabric, and it was yeah. amazing to have like a proper grime lineup in Fabric again because that hasn't really been a thing for about a year now. Yeah, man. Um, again, like, I feel like Graham Originals keeps making history in its own way. Um, every time people feel like you're not going to get to feel or experience certain things again, Graham Originals comes true and makes you experience that again. Do you know what I mean? It's like when you think Fabric, like you said, you haven't had a grime event like that in there for a while. You might have thought you were not going to get to see that again. Like when I spoke to someone the other day, they was like, oh yeah, they do drum and bass in there, don't they? Mm. I was like, yeah, but we got Graham there today. Do you know what I mean? And they was like, oh, sick, I'm going to get down there. Yeah. And um, yeah, man, that's the difference. Like Graham Originals, the sets that we've had, I don't think any event or ve uh, rave can really say they've had that kind of ra or event or s like line up on a set. For example, when you've got a Skepta and a Gets on the same set and Jammer, mm. like on the same set, in the rave, you know what I mean? You don't get them sort of it's things. It's very rare. It's <laughs> very rare. I mean, and that's that's goodwill because you just can't book. You just can't book that set. Like you, you can't. actually can't book that can't. set. That set has to just happen. Um, yeah, and that did happen organically. Do you know what mm. I mean? Obviously, like some men I know are coming as special guests. Some people might just turn up, and I'm hearing, yeah, so and so is outside. Yeah, let them through. Boom, boom, boom. You know what I mean? But yeah. either way, the support and the love from the scene and some of the the recognised greats in the game has been has been phenomenal. You know, you had Wiley just turn up. Wiley's outside. Wiley's here. Wiley turned up early at one of the fire, uh, mm. fire ones. Just came to enjoy himself, you know what I mean? And then obviously touched Mike, but he was just there, like, enjoying himself. You know what I mean? And that's a good thing. It's not just people coming to touch Mike and leave the rave. They're coming to catch vibes and meet up with people they ain't seen for a while or catch up. And, yeah, man, it's, it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. Uh, Wiley's birthday bash was a mad thing in a sense where um, I was thinking what we're going to do next for the Grand Originals events. Wiley messaged me saying that um, he wants to do a Grand Originals with with man. Mm. And then um, So how do you feel about that? Because let's be real, you think Wiley mm. and you, you think of Eskimo dance. Mm. And obviously that's established, that's there done events mm. just did an Eskimo dance at, at Watford you know a couple months back yeah so when he's hitting you up like I want to do a grammar rituals and he's tweeting you know you won't see me at Eskimo dance only see me at grammar originals mm. he's pulled out of doing an Australia show <laughs> yeah like what's what's what are you thinking about this uh well t if we go back before that he was showing support at grammar originals events like yeah he was coming to certain events um, at FIRE. I think he turned up to about two already mm. before, or possibly even three, actually, off the top of my head. Two or three, but I know he definitely had been there at least twice. Um, and, yeah, man, it was like, by the time... And at that point, he was already tweeting and saying, Grand Originals is sick and Grand Originals is a new thing and all of that sort of stuff. Um, so by the time we got round to him wanting to do our bir the birthday bash with with us at that point i think the australia thing had already been cancelled yeah it had been yeah um you know and obviously i got respect for eskimo dance obviously i, I performed it the first ever one i've always wanted it to do mm. well obviously i think the direction changed a little while 
And I think Graham Originals helped to, to steer it back into the right direction. We are definitely going to talk <laughs> about the effect yeah. that, you know, yeah. having more than one brand in the in the game has had. But carry yeah, on. man, because I feel like, um, carry on you know, and it could just be coincidental, possibly. But a lot of people have come up to me and said, oh, have you noticed how Eskimo Dance has gone back to doing a lot of the original style of mm. lineup? And I said, that's good. And that's what we wanted. Do mm. you understand? Because doing things like Graham Originals, I don't want me to be the only guy doing stuff like that. I want us all to be doing that. And I want the, the scene to, to be based, well, not purely on that, but the event side of things needs to have that element and aspect again. And, uh, it, and it is there now. I think if people from the outside see like more than one thing successful, it becomes a scene. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like mm. You need that to be a scene. It's like when one guy is popping off, mm. one guy is selling records, that's not a scene. Yeah, exactly. It's that's a, a, it's that's a one a guy. guy. <laughs> yeah. When one night and you, and then you have to wait three months for the next night to come exactly. round and like, yeah, we're all back. We're all doing nine to fives, bro. Exactly. We're all back into nine to fives, just waiting for that. When's the next Crime Originals? When's the next that's Eskimo it. dance coming that's around? You it. need more of that. Absolutely. So I 100% agree, man. Like, it's a good thing now as well. We're seeing that because like, and I've seen you talking about it online as well and things like we need more events don't necessarily have to be a, a big Gram Originals mm. or whatever, a thousand people plus intimate events and smaller venues. And I have to give credit as well because um, Frisco tweeted mm. me as like, yeah, the Den's been doing that. And they have. And the mm. Den then went South by Southwest. Yep. Um, you've got the guys at Mode FM doing their events as well, yep. which, which like, Get me. again, do different things. We've got, got the Next Boss. Legacy as well that's and, going on. And you've definitely not just got Gram <laughs> Originals as well. Yeah, like, for real. You've been helping artists do shows. I know you helped Manga do a bunch of yeah, his shows. Yeah, uh, 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 obviously, yeah. you've got artists that are on major music as well, which we'll talk about the label and that sort of thing mm. uh, as well. So, yeah, man, busy all the time. Trust me. All whilst actually working as well. Yeah, man, i got the day job. I've been doing that for, like, the last 13 years. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I'm in the property game in the, in the day life. But obviously multitasking as well because I am replying to emails and that's setting up think, things. And that's why you think <laughs> nine o'clock's late as well. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, for real. What's the time? Oh, just after nine as well. Yeah. See, feels late because the man's been up since six this morning. But yeah, it's peak like that. Just grafting away. Everyone says a shark. I don't even know how you do what you're doing. Like I got some people concerned as well, saying well, you're doing too much. You need to rest. But right now, there's a mission in it. I got to go out and accomplish certain things. You know, in in life. Not everyone gets things easily. Do you know what I mean? The majority of us have to work hard for it. Obviously, there are some people that might land on their feet, but majority of us have to work hard and smart for it as well. Do you know what I mean? So, so yeah, you're running the label as mm. well at the same time as doing everything else. Is the label just... It seems like you look at the scene and like from a not only a business standpoint, but as an artist, creative standpoint, and kind of just want to get involved and make things happen. Yeah, I think that's so, a, good, a good analysis. Yeah, like it doesn't. <laughs> it, it it seems like you're you're like looking at where you can use your skill set and help people. Is, is yeah, how it looks man. To me, I, I, and that's what I've been about from day. I think, and over the years, not everybody's known really what I do behind the mm. scenes or what I what influence I've had, but. Even if we go back all the way to like nasty crew days, I definitely want to go back there. <laughs> yeah, man, and like, tell me, you know, me Give and me Marcus, me and Marcus and Stormin set up. RIP, my brother Stormin. We and me, Marcus and Stormin set up nasty crew. 
and the growth um, required recruiting people and working with people and working together and building something, do you know what I mean? And, and I feel like I was definitely influential in, in you know, people like DWE or Kano and people getting involved in mm. Grime Original, I mean, sorry, in uh, Nasty Crew. Um, and, you know, people like Getz was my guy, like from in the ends, was my, my brethren, do you know what I mean? And even without music, we were rolling on the road before everything started popping off. Then he went Joe, Nasty Crew started getting big when he come on road. Obviously, he's looking at all me and storming. We're all here, yeah. innit? Like, Marcus, he, like, we're all here. So, it was a thing where, yeah, I'm definitely going to get involved with them, man. Um, but you're mad young when this is happening as well. Like, you're talking about, <laughs> you're setting all this up, but you're, like, 16, 17. Yeah. Like, nasty it, crew. Yeah, like, 15. I think yeah. I first started spitting and got on radio from, like, age 15. The first time I ever saw you MC was... I'm trying to remember... Storming was 100% there. I think it was Storming and you. And I think Armour. Was it in Romford? It was in EQs. EQ, okay. If you remember, like the week after Heartless and Pay As You Go clashed yeah. at Destinies in Watford, yeah. they were meant to clash again. Yeah. And it, no, sorry, it, it was meant to be at EQs. Right, okay. But I'm it moved, it was Venue Ilford. Okay, yes, venue. The rave moved yeah, 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 last yeah, minute. Yeah. It was someone's birthday bash. Like I wanna say like Slim Ting or someone. something like that. I yeah, think yeah, it yeah. might have been Slim Ting's, you know. Yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say Slim Ting as well. I think it might have been a Slim Ting birthday bash. And I remember I went down there to see obviously I thought I'm gonna get the run back <laughs> of the ting and it never happened. But I got nasty crew on the on the lineup yeah. sort of before pay as you go yeah that was the first time i ever saw these guys spit and you know playing all these crazy beats and these new young mcs that i'd never heard before with bare energy and passion yeah and venom mad. as well it was it's yeah mad. i remember it really clearly man it's mad as well because until you said it I, I couldn't even remember that night until you said it now it's come i yeah. can actually remember that rave was mad venue. Us was Marcus DJ? Marcus was DJ. Yes, I think even So Solid was on the lineup as well that night. Um, it was a sick rave, and um, yeah, man, we we started from young, age 15, 16. Mm. Marcus was a bit older than us, a few years, like about four, or five years older than us. You know what I mean? So we'd look up to Marcus as like the older. Um, me and Storming were like the youngers, mm. but we were the ones with the bars. He had the beats and the connections and the. Had had the link to the radio and certain things that us yeah. man didn't know or have at the time. Do you know what I mean? Because it was a really strong ecosystem there. Like you had, you had Deja. Deja wasn't even on nine two three them times. What was Deja on? It's before. No nah, nine nine two yeah before there was the last thing Deja ended up at as nine two four. It was nine two three before that, but I think they had one other dial. Yeah, it was be one before, before that. that. Yeah. Like because I used to listen to Randy C on there. Yeah. Pressure and two ton and them man. It's mad. But we started on flavour in it. Then we yes. went to Deja. Yes. But yeah, man, that that them times are mad. But my what, thing is, were you guys ever in a crew before Nasty Crew? Like, were you in the one before Nasty no, Crew? No, no. Because there was MAD. Yeah. Like Nasty Crew sort of absorbed a few. Teams. Yeah, little collectives in it. It's mad because, like, when I was going, I went to the same school as DWE. Yeah. So, like, but he was he's like four years older than me. Do you mm. know what I mean? So I was a younger 
in school and by the time I was like 15 and had bars now and I'm in the playground and all of that, Double had left school. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Because obviously if you're age 15 in school, you're probably the fourth or fifth year now, mm. isn't it? So Double had left, but I used to see him like outside near the school on roads like in, in Forest Gate because I went to school in Forest Gate. And um, they used to be like, yeah, you're the MC, isn't it? Like, yeah, man, I've heard about you, whatever. A couple of men would tell me about it. And these times he was doing a bit of like, not grime, but spitting on B-sides of Garage Tunes yeah, or whatever. Grime wasn't... <laughs> yeah, we didn't have the name. Yeah, it was uh, it was underground garage. Yeah, basically just the dark version of yeah. garage. But he Find was a dub mix of that tune, a couple me. of D&Ds and Zinks and Wookiees and whatever. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he was one of the first men doing that as well. But he was also uh, still doing like drum and bass or jungle them times. Mm. Um, so he used to go over in. So I used to be like, yeah, let's do a tape when I used to see him. And um, that's how we started because before the whole link up, I used to just meet up with Double and we used to go around people's yards and record. That a was a thing. That a was definitely tape. Yeah, like. that was a definite <laughs> thing that people would do. do you know right? I mean? That was a standard. Like, someone had decks in their yard, you're all going around there and you're recording a tape. That's it. And 100%. that's what happened. So I had my, 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 my regular dons, but then I started linking Double and then we was I was going now to a few older guys' yards and. We we start double was driving them times there as an old school golf like you get yeah me? that's so like the like pirate radio circuit but even below that below that the bedroom you're working your wake up the bedroom tape circuit <laughs> it was mad and what? you had the community center circuit Trust as well me, yeah right. there was bare community stuff for people center, to do back we used then to do sets in like a church club like a little church hall yeah like anything any anything, way like any which way you could string up a pair of decks and some speakers that's it but those were the days for us and that's what what molded it because. Me and Double went, used to go around to bare different houses. We linked Kano on, on that circuit. Yeah. Like, when we used to go, one guy called Ginger's Yard in East Ham, and he had a couple of MCs, Kano and Clarkie. So I mean? We used to go to the next guy called DJ Petchy's Yard, and Monkey and Ali were there. And, like, do you know what I mean? It was just yeah. mad. But Monkey and Ali were Double's brethren. Anyway. Yeah, that was M-A-D. Do you know what I mean? But it's weird because they didn't actually have the name fully at that point. Yeah. But they were. But then I think while Nasty Crew was doing, started building, MAD started doing because radio started kicking in more now at this mm. point. More people were doing more radio sets than what we were on. A lot more people started doing as well. MAD was on it. You had then Double had another crew, 187, which was Jama, Leon B, Ebony J, Hyper. Um. But obviously, by that point now, Nasty Crew was building. We'd mm. also brought in armor yeah. at that point. And I kept saying to Double, join Nasty, man. Join Nasty, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, he used to come on radio with us a couple of times. Yeah. But he weren't officially Nasty Crew. He was still 187. And MAD were his affiliates or associates or whatever. But in the end, like, it was just after Marcus had gone away for a bit. And, uh, and yeah, Mac just Mac got involved. In. And then Double was like, yo, what can I still join? If I join, I'm going to bring Hyper. Mm. I was like, yeah, Hyper's sick, man. You man can join, definitely. And then we kept it going. Obviously, I was, you know, I was still communicating with Marcus from where he was. Yeah. Everything was building still, do you know what I mean? And Jama got involved on the production side as well. And then um, where Jama had certain connections as well, obviously, he helped it to, to, to get to next levels as well and helped us to have the production and, and have songs behind us now, not just bars and sets, do you know what I mean? Why do you think nasty crew 
didn't go as far as Rogi did? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good question still. And I think it depends how you look at it as well, because if you look at the individuals that were part of Nasty Crew mm. and who in the individuals that were part of Roll Deep and you look at where we are today, mm. and you take Wiley out of the equation, then... Can't take it, Wiley out of the equation. No, nah, just for a second. If okay. you took Wiley out of the just equation, yeah, right. everyone has done a lot of bits yeah. in different ways. Yeah. Now, if we take... Let's look at Dizzy Rascal, yeah, before Nasty Crew. So before Roll Deep, yeah. he was definitely considered as a nasty crew but without the title because yeah. he was with us everywhere doing sets he made our first dub plate yeah we've got about four or five Mac tunes was with dizzy. playing all of his beats you know what i mean i made about four or five tunes with dizzy before anyone in road deep made a song with him do you know what i mean mm. so technically their man's awareness of dizzy came through through us so i look at dizzy technically as nasty crew in a weird way as well yeah so really all right cool road deep got number ones and they'd had an album so yeah, they definitely. Why got did we never get a nasty crew album? Because by that time, it was just it was a bit late. By the time people started making proper music and songs mm. and looking at albums and all that stuff properly, nasty crew had already had started dividing. Do you okay. know what I mean? But obviously, the people that were part of it, from your Getzes to DWEs to Kano's to to Storming to Sharky Major, the talent pool was wild. <laughs> and the stuff that we done and are doing now, like. Do you know what I mean? That that we got a definite we can definitely be proud of. And I feel like, yeah, Nasty Crew Road Deep went further in terms of being able to, to get into the charts and mm. put out albums, but I think Nasty Crew's longevity, the things that we've done in as individuals mm. will will last for a lot longer in my opinion than some of the things apart from what Wiley has done. Because what Wiley's done is phenomenal, obviously. Mm. And obviously there's no disrespect to Wiley, but I'm just saying overall I respect Road Deep and Every single one of them have been, in, or not every one of them, but a lot of the men have been part of and influential in the growth of Grime Originals. It's not disrespecting, but I do think what Nasty Crew has done individually as well is definitely something that no one can say is a I big think one of the things <laughs> that I, I noticed as someone who was just a listener from the outside as like a fan of the music was like Roll Deep had a sound, in it. Mm. There was a Roll Deep sound. There was a collectiveness to like the productions were very all all, all kind of similar-ish mm. you know what i mean um because they're all coming out of the same studio a lot of the times or maybe using similar plugins and you know the, the rhyming style was very similar as well but when you look at um when you look at nasty crew everyone was different in nasty crew yeah man we weren't trying to like not even i weren't trying to it was just like okay well the hyper's from over here and armor's there and like Storming's doing this skippy flow thing that w no one's really heard before. And like Sharky's doing this mad lyrical technical stuff that no one's doing really yet either. Mm. Um, and then we've got these new guys like DWE's coming through as well. And he's got a whole next thing as well. And like everyone that was so unique. I think that's why the, the set, the, 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 the Nasty Crew sets was so, were, were always so exciting to listen to. That's it, man. And I think we. I acknowledge that from early that if we're gonna bring people in and, and grow and be mm. do our thing, and even Marcus as well, we had this convo from early. Like when we looked at bringing in Armor, for example, it was me and Storming, and then Armor had that that Bashmanty style, yeah. like the Yardman style. You get me? And it weren't like what me and Storming was on. We was mm. Cockney East London style. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, 
especially back in the day and on the flavour of Femme in Canning Town, like it was definitely Cockney East London all day, mate. Yeah. All right, right geese, you know what I mean? But then. Which is ironic because that's how Armour talks. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, it's funny. When he's ready, you get me. Yeah. But, but yeah, but Armour now, nah, his pattern was the Yardman thing, and we was like, that's different, we like that, let's have something wow. different. How old was Armour then? He's, yeah, because he's younger than man. He must have been about. Bro, how did he have 14? that voice? He had the, he had a voice that made him sound like a thirty year old man. <laughs> so Yo, much bass, the big timer. You get me mad, mad. yeah. Mad. But yeah, back then he used to smoke a lot. I guess I hope you don't mind me saying <laughs> that. <laughs> but that I think that influenced the, the deep tone. You get me diaphragm control. Yeah, it was deep core it was strength. The chest. Yeah, but and uh, then you know speaking of chess, you got Hitman hypos, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, man, everyone's thing was different. And that's what made us so special and unique. Mm. Um, you know, we all were from different p- parts of London, still East, but different parts, um, had different good friends. And I think in some ways that could be what the downfall was as well. We that's weren't what close I was enough. Ask because everything's, you know, it's all East-ish. It's mm. all kind of, kind of Stratford-y, Pastor-y, Newham-y. Yeah. But like Tower Hamlets borders, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was spread, yeah. and it was, it was like an all-star team rather yeah. than a, a family of people. Yeah, and I think that's what Road Deep was more. Mm. They were all from the same estates and neighborhoods, and knew each other's from school days, and knew that each other on personal names and each other's family. Whereas us lot, like I said, I went to the same school as Double. Like I met him. Yeah. outside in the street it was like yeah man remember me from school like do you know what I mean and yeah you got bars in it I got bars look, let's do a tape mm. alright cool like and that's how we kind of clicked to start with rolling yeah. around and doing shows and sets on, on people's rooms and making CDs and tapes before or oh, later on the CDs but tapes you get what I'm saying and yeah yeah of course I, Hyper was connected to Double and then I had built a good friendship with Hyper thing is we all like each other and yeah. uh, got along well do you know what I mean we obviously got to points where we had disagreements or whatever as you do in groups and collectives but no I think we've all still got a lot of respect for each other even now as grown men obviously we went through a little time where everyone just was focused on their own thing do you know what I mean mm. after the whole divide um, and even now we've rolled deep even though they're all from the same hood and whatever else I don't think they're like one family do you know what I mean everyone's mm. still got their differences or whatever they just know each other for, for longer do you know what I mean and that's the truth. It's got stronger roots initially. Um, but like you said, man, when you grow up as an adult, you, you look back on those things that you did when you were a teenager. And yeah, it might not have been as smooth, but yeah. you value it more. Do you know what I mean? Like Definitely, you look man. back at it, uh, especially, you know, as we mentioned, like Storming no longer with us. And you're always going to look back on those memories and, and hold them to your heart. And everyone's, everyone shares that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. 100%, man. Um. Yeah. So then, kind of nasty crew fractured, and I didn't. Didn't we? Didn't really hear from you for a while. I know you did. You did a mixtape. Yeah. So what? I think two thousand and six ish. Yeah. I went a bit quiet. I yeah. went missing, and then I went. When did you do like Shark Attack and that? When was that? That was two thousand and nine. Yeah. We put out Major League. In 2010, mm. uh, big up Logan. Adamantium Records in my in my lockup somewhere. Yeah, come on, see, this is what people don't know. Like Logan helped me put that CD out. 
2010. That was HMV, you know. Yeah, that was Come unfortunately. HMV, you know. Unfortunately, the worst time. That was the worst time, unfortunately, to put out mixtapes because HMV were put, shutting the doors. I know, oh, man. man. Snuck it in there last last knocking. Yeah, it happened though. It, it came did, out. and it's still got an it accomplishment. Yeah, even though, like, obviously, the things I know now about music and the game, yeah. I wish I knew in 2010. Mm. Obviously, because yeah, because I would have just put all my money in Apple sh- and Spotify <laughs> shares. Yeah, you know I'm saying, been laughing. We'd have been recording this podcast in a in a TV studio. Come on, but yes, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's mad because uh, that project was sick. It had some yeah. sick features. It had There's so much music that's lost and missing lost. because we were. Ma- I'm thinking about it because we're just talking about pirate radio and bedroom sets and stuff. And yeah, a lot of the time we're playing records that come out on vinyl and what have you and. You can't get any of them mm. on digital. None of them exist, mm. especially the B-sides. So everyone's playing wonky vinyl rips of those. Yeah. Then you've got all these tunes that people are making that have never come out as well. Like None of them none of them old vocals that you've made with Dizzy are available for anyone yeah. to buy. Yeah. Um, them only old only Dizzy, I Love You remix, that's it. Yeah. Them old um, Dizzy instrumentals, mm. a lot of those jammer instrumentals before he did, he found them yeah. after going through the basement again. That was literally like a couple of years ago um, and did like jammer dubs, I think it is. He released a bunch of those on uh, instrumental like mm. last year. Mm. Couldn't get any of that. And then when we started making mixtapes as well, like we pressed the CD, got it in HMV, sick. It's in HMV, like you can walk in and you can see my face on a CD and HMV. It's a mm. massive achievement, but there it was. You know, none of that music's on iTunes. Definitely not on Spotify. Yep. You know what I mean? It's not. It's it's kind of lost. It's like people might f- stumble across a YouTube yeah. rip. It's true. It's funny because I had a DJ message me the other day, uh, and he sent me an old school set, and he was like, "What tune is this?" Do you know what I mean? And it just shows that there's so much music out there that people still mm. don't know what they are or how to get hold of them. So it's like, that's kind of why Grime Originals is such a good thing again as well. Sorry to bring it back to that, but... Please do. The reason I say that is because it allows people to to experience that that original vibe, what we came up in and what grew the thing. And A, that's that's if you weren't about back then, and B, if you was about back then, it gives you a chance to relive that experience again. And then obviously you've got the new gens involved as well but you're going to hear so much of the old beats that you might not have heard for years or you don't know how to get older I them. always try and make that effort when I'm playing as well at Grime Originals I notice like, I notice I respect it bro and I appreciate that like I, I mean? try and pull out the ones that I used to get excited about on Pirate Radio mm. um, some of them hold up some of them <laughs> don't but that's part of the fun and the games do you know what I mean like yeah, man. can't just be the same four tunes but not everyone can do that, though. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. why, like, obviously, I try and select a lineup for Grime Originals that A is going to help me to sell tickets, and B the fact the fans are going to enjoy, and C the people that are playing understand and realize what this is about. Do you know what I mean? So, all the not saying the like we love brand new songs, and I expect to hear some of the current tunes as well at Grime Originals. But you got to understand the the, the history. That's why people like yourself get to play, or Mac Ten gets to play, or Spooky, or or Rude Kid, or or you know what I mean, like these sort of people target. Like so I could name a few, a lot more, but do you know what I mean? The point is, you guys play because I I recognize that's what you've been doing for for a minute, 
You know what I mean? Big up Big Mikey as well. He's done our Gram Originals as well. You know what I mean? All the Midlands dons. We're going to try and get Gram Originals out in the Midlands and up in Manchester and them sort of ends as well for uh, at some point this year, next year as well. We got like a few festivals. Obviously, Croatia, I'll the Croatia Gang Outlook Festival. That's going to be sick. Transmission Festival, Crystal Palace. September as well. It's going to be sick. Um, we got Studio 338, the Rinse FM, all day and night thing. And there's a Gram Originals what takeover on that. Yeah, set? we got like a Gram Originals collective Showcase. set. Yeah, that's that. a that's a cool thing, man. Because you can just you can scale it up. You can do a Fabric three room takeover, yeah, yeah. or you can do a Gram Originals set on a boat party somewhere. That's it. You and that's the I mean? thing. That, that that's what I, I wanted to make sure that the brand isn't just an event that people have mm. to wait three, four months for, whatever. Yeah, you know we're putting out singles and releases. We're working on albums, projects. Um, we're putting out uh, different sets you can get at different festivals. Like when we did mm. one dance festival last year, we never had a grand original stage. We just had it on the main stage. We had a grand original set. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This year, fair enough, we've got our own stage on transmission and at Croatia. Outlook. I mean, we slightly did that. At, what was that? What was that? S- that rave that we did, the festival that we did, me, you, and Stormy. Was that Garage Nation? Yeah, that was that like three that was the years year ago. before, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, because Graham Originals didn't like you hadn't done any yeah. events yet. I don't even think it existed at that point. No, no, it hadn't. No, yeah. it hadn't. So that's like two and a half years ago. Mm. Coming up on three years because it's festival season now. Yeah, 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 man. It's mad, isn't it? How <laughs> things just fly. Don't yeah, mean, I, I remember. It, it's such a good example of just getting on and doing it. Yeah, man, that's my thing. I'm always, I'm all for that. It might not be exactly how you want it to be, do you know what I mean? But start it and it can grow. That's it, man. I, I, nobody told me this saying, but I thought of it and then I realised that it's already a saying. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, you just got to plant as many seeds as you can and some of them will grow, innit? Of course. So it's like, all right, in a different way you can say I've got, you can have a lot of plates spinning and you might drop a couple, but overall, as long as you keep the plates spinning, you're going to do well, innit? So... With Grand Originals or with what I'm on, major music entertainment, Grand Originals events, merchandise, artist management, events, so I mean, music releases, everything. We just we're just working and we're growing and building and keeping the the, the scene moving. So you're working with um, I know you're working with some younger artists. You've mm. got Tommy B mm. and Talifa. Mm. Like who else have you got like within the camp? Yeah, I got K Nine. Um, yeah, so the, he's doing like a, a more of a rap thing. As yeah, well. he's he's rap so and he's rap and gram. Like yeah. he did, he went on uh, s- s- um, spirals yes. set and did the sounds of the verse. Killed yes. it over a bigger man beat. Bigger yeah. man is a producer, part of major music as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got King Ra, got Black Steve. Um, yeah, man. So we got people there like as the main members, but then we also got a lot of associates and people we work mm-hmm. with as well who get involved and collaborate as well with us, like people like Fuming and Myth, Chronic, couple people that have done stuff with major music. Then there's Graham Originals label that is putting I see out stuff you, as well. Um, you guys were all in the studio a couple of weeks back putting together something. What was that for Graham, Graham Originals? Uh, yeah, was it with Rinse? Yeah, so basically we've got, uh, all right, so now you've got the exclusive announcement. He knew what he was doing, you know, he's teeing up the thing for the, I like Logan, you know, it's my guy. Uh, safe. All right, so boom, we're working on a Graham Originals 
uh, album project. 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 Yeah, you can call it a project rather it's than a project. an album. You know what I mean? Because, uh, and it's going to feature a few artists that have been involved with Grammar Originals at yeah. the events and some of the original dons. Young and, and old. Then you've got some of the fresher dons yeah. as well and some of the mid-gen, do you know what I mean, involved. So, you know what I mean? I don't want to use that term though too often, mid-gen. Just, just, we're just it's artists. Just we're just involved, dons, isn't it? Like, like, yeah. The only reason I use new gen is because like we had to show people. Originals. Mm. What I like about the name Grime Originals is it can, and it did at the start, refer to that throwback retro kind mm. of thing because that's what you were trying to provide mm-hmm. like you've seen that it's headline shows or it's like like you said what eskimo started doing when they were trying to upsize and upscale which is bring in artists from different areas yeah. that may be not relevant to grime anymore mm. um and you kind of brought it back to the the roots of it yeah and that definitely worked at the start but grime originals doesn't have to just mean them dusty old dons that were, the, were there 20 years ago. Yeah. Like, like you it's can't... the original format, the original setting that now. It's just, it just it sounds like for. authentic to me. Like, yeah. this is, you know, I'm going to go there and you're going to get Graham. And rather than go, oh, yeah, Graham Originals, but we're also going to do this, you've got, like, Garage Originals and Funky Originals mm. now as well. So yeah. you're, you're, you're diversifying the brand, mm. which, uh, you know, at the moment is... It's a room two and a room three thing, yeah, but yeah. I know you've done. Have you done a funky originals rave yet? Um, we had like a small thing, like a a free thing in Box Park. Yeah, but it was like more of a downscale. It wasn't really promoted uh, mm. a big thing, but we're gonna like be putting on different events under that brand. Yeah, because I think plan, that. You know what I mean, I think I think funky is a woefully undervalued sound that mm. was created out of this same out of the same melting pot. Uh, the same stew pot. Yeah, it's um, true. It's it came true. and it was sort of like dashed away way too quickly. And yeah, th- a lot of that music had so much impact on people. Like Definitely, they loved man. it. The so vibe was crazy. Like if you was about when Funky was growing and yeah. doing his thing, it was mad. Go to the raves. It was definitely it mad. It was sick. So same way that now there's room for Gram Originals. You can go there with the funky originals. The garage thing is kind of looked after already. It's there's there, enough people yeah, that, are, that are doing that. It's there. But we, like, we dabbled with gar- garage originals, and we still might deal with that. It works on a room three, room two thing yeah, as well, yeah. or, a, or a set or whatever. But yeah, like when I saw you start doing fu- like messing with the funky originals thing, I was like, yeah, I like that a lot because you know there's a lot of that history and culture that. Yeah, man. People had enjoyable times. That's but it. Big up people like uh, Marcus Nasty, Pioneer, Super D. Come on. Kismet. Flipping. Yeah. It's mad. It's mad. Bear, the rest of them. AB, Bear Man involved in that side. That yeah. Have a big up still because like, they've helped. In, especially like when we've done the ones in Fire and that in the mm. other room. Like Bear people come back to me saying, yeah, you know room two. Like the funky room was sick, you That's know. That's what like, you want, man. I'm not. Some man, I said, I'm. Not, I'm staying there all night. I'm <laughs> like, what? So you're not coming to see what we're on in the main room? Like, do you care who might show up or anything? No, I don't care, I'm bro. A good time. I'm just gonna go in there. Yeah, that's my tick. Mm. Like, I mean, so it's funny, but that's a success. Good. That's good. But yeah, in the same way, you got the you know the Grime Originals brand has now grown into, it's just an authentic Grime thing. So you're representing four people that are doing authentic Grime, and that does include jams it does include you know pk and mm. the ygg dons it. it does capo include them, capo it does include those guys that are not teenagers like yeah. a yizzy or a tommy b yeah 
they're in their twenties, but they've been repping and they're in that middle yeah. level. Yeah, yeah, let's let's not say mid gen again. Yeah, you get me. It's not it doesn't sound right. Even Their man are real grime originals, bro. <laughs> they might not have been there from the day. Put it this way: once you've got more than eight to ten, eight years plus under your belt, <laughs> like you, bro, you're the old man. You get it, right, imagine, yeah. imagine if we'd have been on pirate on rinse and deja in two thousand and three and said, yeah, like in eight years you're gonna be doing this still. You'd think, yeah, exactly. Be like, boy, if I ain't blown by then, Mad. I'm done. Like. If, you know I'm I mean? not spitting when I'm 30, bro. Yeah, yeah, when we were you, man, when I was 15, 16, I don't think I would have ever envisioned myself yeah. doing this at 30 plus. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And luckily, like I said, I started I'm so... Staring, we're staring down the barrel of 40 now as well. See what I'm saying? I started this so young, I haven't even hit my 35th birthday yet, just so Lies. you know. Promise you, bro. A lie, you tell. But later this <laughs> month, though, by the time this comes out, I yeah. might be 35. Bro, this is coming out within days. All right, so I'm, I'm still job. 34, yeah? Just so you know, for the record, Get your birthday Sharky Major's the youngest Major. general in the whole game, yeah. <laughs> 34. I've been doing this thing as a general since 16. Done, no. Bad man. Bad. <laughs> so do you actually have any time to do anything else other than work? Because you're doing the day <laughs> job, you're running a label, you're running several events for several different sounds, talent management. What else do you do? you got kids as well. Yeah. 11 year old daughter oh my word you got you got no time she writes bars now as well yeah sick yeah she showed me imagine this i have my daughter and she's gone i said to her oh what you still you started making music yet and then she's gone to me yeah i've been thinking about it i'm gonna do it i said all right when you're ready let me know and it will i'll help you then she's come back to me about two weeks later and then she's gone yeah daddy i've written something now i was like really showed me her bar she i said have you got a beat for it She's like, yeah, she showed me the beat first and she found it on YouTube. I don't even know who the producer is, but the beat is hard. Like, yeah. I was like, rah. So like, my daughter first found the beat, yeah. it was hard. Then she wrote the bars. And on top of that, the bars even says that Sharky Major's her dad. Yeah. Imagine that. Badman thing already. 11 years old. So even though she's a girl, still a badman thing. But yeah, um, my daughter's hard, man. She's sick at writing already at 11 years old. And... She likes Graham. She wears Graham Regional's clothing. Yeah. Like, she plays football. She supports my same team as me. Which one's that? Man United. Oh, yeah. condolences. You wanted to say that. I'm like, yeah. Sorry. You. It's your show, isn't it? I let that slide. But yeah, man. Through the thick and the thin. You know what I mean? I saw your tweet. <laughs> you're, we're just like the rest of them now, innit? Like, your team, like West Ham. We're, we're, we're just like as good West as West Ham now, innit? We're washed. Nah. But we're coming back. We're Ham. coming back still, man. Ollie's behind the wheel. It crashed, but... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we get it back on track, hopefully, man. <laughs> oh, football's mad as well, bro. The, the amount of money in that is crazy. Like you think we look at we look at how the games changed for music and and where we've come from and how you're seeing like Dave's having number one albums, Stormzy's number one singles back to back weeks, AJ Tracy number three album, Skepta's about to drop. That's gonna be a mad thing. Yeah. Money's doing really well yeah. with his stuff. Gets his album last year done mad as well. But bro, man, out on the bench getting half a mil a week. The money is and goals. Women's football. Sorry, women's football is growing as well. That's good because by the time my daughter's sixteen, to she 18, needs to. Yeah, you need to get her in yeah, them. Man. Like on, you know. Plays still. Yeah, sick. yeah. She's like, she does it every. She good every Saturday. She's all right. Yeah, she's all right, man. So I mean, she's all right, but yeah, I'm gonna have to show her a bit of techers, even though man's got the size on me now. But 
I still got the but touch. You've always had the size, man. I got the touch. To be fair, for real. When I say that, I meant like, <laughs> even though man's got the size, full stop. Yeah. Or comma. Yeah. Flipping. The quick feet are there. Man's though. got the man's got the tech. You get me? Like I'm like Gascoigne, no pace but bare trick. Oh my god! What did I see the other day? Me. Did you see the um the, the Ian Wright videos that he's doing? Yeah, with, yeah, with yeah, the MCs. Yeah, yeah. Oh mate, I put me on that. Yeah, I'm man, sure I got first touches done. that look like back passes, uh, bro. bro. It's crazy. I saw a first touch and then he went to the <laughs> corner flag. Like, I was like, oh, like he was like, oh, was it's it? Eddie one. Eddie one. Oh my days. Yeah, man. But like, yeah, man. Even though man's got the size, the touches there, the finish, the passing, the vision. Get me, it's just the, the midfield pace. general the pace ain't Come there. On. like a scolzy. You get me, just what? play around the mid the center circle, spread the ball it. around, distribute yeah, the ball, distribute the start up a grime league, innit? Like, start up a little <sighs> grime five a side no league. No one's serious on that. <laughs> Hold tight, Max, though. Maximum plays all the time. He's been playing for years, innit? Yeah, I always see Maximum in goal down at goals, always late night doing stuff, dedicated. So, you're, are you into anything else other than? To be grime. honest, I've kind of like what I like. Yeah, like, do you have any wise, interest? Yeah. Not even just music, anything at all. Um, well, right now, it's just purely work mode. So, yeah. like, my focus is just work, day shift, work, night shift, work mentally. Yeah, like I ain't really freeing up time for nothing else. Mm. It's like I'm in that mode right now where. Be- in a weird way, I feel like in some aspects I'm playing catch up to where I'd, I should be. Yeah. But I think a lot of people feel like that. Oh, I should have been here by I now, agree. Or whatever. But I feel like that a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I just feel like yeah, there's. I know what my abilities are, what I'm mm. capable of achieving if I do certain things right. So like, all the chilling out and and resting can happen later on. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I should. I can do this now. I feel like that's dangerous, though, man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like all of that work. Yeah. You know, I've definitely been told that you've fallen asleep in the studio and <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah. You've fallen asleep in my car on the way back yeah. from things. Yeah. But, and even then, like, you're getting up early to go work the next day. Yeah, fam. It's mad. And then at the weekend, you've got shows and, like, yeah, I'll see you at Grime Originals, but then the next week, there's a next show. Like, you had some South African house thing you were talking to me about the other day. Yeah, it's like yeah, 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 yeah. Bits and pieces. Yeah, man's just working. Your well-being, bro. man. It's, it's got to, you got to look after yourself, bro. Nah, don't worry about that. I'm good. I'm yeah, good. yeah, good. I'm nice. All right, I'm nice. all right. I'm glad to hear. Take that. my multivitamins. You get me? <laughs> Come on, cod liver oil and them thing there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Nah, but you're right though. Obviously, like I said, I've been, I've been head down working hard for like the last two, two and a half years, like mm. consistently, and I'm at the point now where I can kind of free up a bit more time, mm. and like at one point I was in the studio six days a week after work. Mad. Now I've reduced that to like three days a week after mm. work. Do you know what I mean? Um, but then when certain projects come up, like the rinse thing or certain other things, and all of a sudden I've now increased what I'm on again. I, I feel like when it's some when you're working on something that you're passionate about as well, like it's not as draining. You're not forcing it. Do you know what I mean? You're that's what it is. Enthusiastic fam. about it. You want to get. I just feel it like this is what I want to do anyway. Yeah. yeah so yeah. like right now, if I'm in the studio and I'm doing a session. If I wasn't in the studio, I'd just be at my yard sitting down, chilling, watching watching a TV show or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'd probably end up sleeping because I ain't on nothing else. That's not... That's <laughs> you know yeah, mean? sleeping's at a premium anyway, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't rate sleep, you know, bro. I'd obviously, you need it, but yeah, as long as you get your minimum f- five hours in or whatever, that's for me, <laughs> I'm five hours done. Like Four or five hours, I'm good with that for now. But yeah, overall, obviously, over time, I'm going to free up more time and be able to... 
pattern up. And if this thing works right, I won't have to do the day job. Do you know what I mean? But man, purely has to re- can't rely just on this thing to to pay my bills and yeah. My so that's something serious. I want to ask as well. So it's something that I've asked a few people. Shout out to Rude Kids because we we thought it up on our podcast that we did. And I, I don't know if this will even apply to you. <laughs> but I like to ask my guests I know if they have any say, good you know. stories or like what their funniest memory is, the craziest thing they did when they were broke for Graham. Has Sharky Major ever been broke for Graham? I've definitely been broke for Graham. Um, especially in the early stages first when I was a youth man trying to get about doing yeah. this thing. But I think at that point... I was trying to, I was bumping trains and I was flipping, bumping cabs and all of that to do radio and do certain things, you know what I mean, as a youth man. And then I got a bit older and I started, like, obviously after catching a couple cases, doing dumb stuff on road mm. and all that, I was like, you know what, I need to work. Like, let me go and do work. That will hopefully help me fund my music, do you yeah. know what I mean? So that's when I started working and I started thinking to myself as well, if I do have a, a, a day job, it would help me to get certain legitimate things that I can't get in. There's a lot of stigma around having a day job and doing music, though. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Where, like, you kind of feel like people look at it like you're, you've, you, you've not failed, but, like, you're not winning. Mate, I can't lie, it's yeah. It's like a weird mentality that people have. Like, everything should be easy. Trying hard is not cool. Like work, everything should come to you easily because you're so nang that you don't have to try it's hard. Mad. And it's bullshit. I can go in my DMs right now, yeah? Yeah. I might do it, but I won't show you the n- or for the camera the name. <laughs> but if I show you my DM right now, I can show you that I've got uh, like a follower yeah. who supports the movement, respects yeah. it, um, does a lot, like cares a lot about Grand Originals, buys the merch, everything. Yeah, yeah. But then when she found out I had a day job, She's like, you've got a day job. No, I can't believe it. This is all yeah. in, in writing, but the way she's wording it, I could just hear her voice like, I can't believe it. You're not meant to be working. Like, legends don't work. Like, she was upset yeah. that I've got a day job, fam. Bro, like, not everyone supports like she does. If they did, then we wouldn't need a day she, job. You see what I'm saying? And that's the truth. But the way I upset her was, I just thought, wow, like, people really think that yeah. this thing can can be the only way you earn Bro, people live on instagram in it and social media and they're just putting out the image of winning all the time and everything being successful everything going your way yeah l- l- partying you know buying whatever you want and not worrying about the, the price of it and yeah. whatever and some people don't know what what it takes to get to that i think they i point. think i think they know but like they just think it doesn't apply to people that they see from afar do you know yeah. what i mean like they see gram originals it's super relevant mm. it has been super successful mm. and they just assume like because I, I remember this when i was on kiss people assumed that i was getting racks yeah yeah and i'm like yeah i get 50 pound a show they're like what <laughs> what do you mean it's kiss, kiss like, you know what I mean? exactly <laughs> it's like that and um you know it's good in a way because it means people hold you in such high regard they feel like you know, you are a top person and top people shouldn't have to go work for someone else. Yeah. And if you are going to work for someone else, you're going to earn big peas from it. But in reality, you work for someone else for little peas sometimes. You work for yourself. It's a massive risk. 
So I mean, so it's a bit of both. And when you got mouths to feed and bills to pay and certain lifestyles to upkeep, do you know what I mean? You're either gonna do road or you're gonna go legit. Do you know what I mean? And if you're going legit, you you need consistency with that income. And if you ain't got that consistency, you're you're, you're f. So yeah, that's what happened. So for me, years back, it was like after messing about, doing dumb stuff on road and all that stuff, and not having peas, I had to then work to fund my music. Then I ended up in a relationship. My daughter got involved and all this stuff happened. And I went into family man mode for a few years. And then I came back in again, 2010. Then I went missing again, 2013. Then I come back again, 2016. And then from 2016 to now I'm here again. So like I had about, in total, out of say, what, from 2000 to now, I probably had lost about four to five years out of the game. But I've been involved behind the scenes as well in some aspects, like even when you didn't see me frontline. Because major music, this is the second spell I've had of major music. I had major music back in 2010 when I was managing artists like Rival and a few other people. We put out Lord Rive CD and all of that. So if we look at where Grime's at now in 2019, because you mm. said you come back in 2016. Mm. 2016 was a wicked time in Grime. It's probably one of the the best times in terms of the scene doing well since maybe like oh three, yeah. I reckon. Yeah. Um, you know, you had German Whip in twenty fourteen and then um Jamie and Skepta dropped and Kano dropped some singles and twenty sixteen everyone's just benefiting off the back of that. Stormzy's got an album come in mm. and everyone's flying. Now three years down the line like things are slowing up a little bit. Um, the releases are not coming as, as regularly as well. And a lot of other things are doing really well. And it very mm. much reminds me of like that time when Funky was about. Mm. And you had MCs coming through and Funky and people getting on them tunes. And mm. you're looking at it like, okay, well, everyone's having a great time over there. And we're still just going going on with our thing over here. Yeah, it Reminds me of that a lot, but at a much bigger scale yeah because the guys that are closest to our sound mm. uh but are charting aren't actually charting with our sound right now yeah so like for example someone like a stormzy who um when i say our sound i'm talking about grime yeah specifically so, grime, so yeah. um someone like a stormzy obviously he's done change that shut your mouth and big for your boots and those were his grand bangers in yeah. it but vossy bop two weeks at number one it's a rap mm. song, isn't it? Yeah. So it's like, hold on, who's that? Yeah. Yeah, Vossi Bop, two weeks at number one um, as a rap tune. Yeah. But Stormzy's still considered as a grime artist. There's in a lot of people that are called grime artists that have never released a grime tune in their life as well. Yeah, and at, and at least Stormzy has. Do you mm. know what I mean? But there's some man that happily take that title when they want to. Mm. And then afterwards, nah, man's not grime when they want to as well. So. Mm. is that as well it's a complicated one man because like i feel like when when someone like jay huss gets called grime and he's effectively come through with and pioneered a sound Mm. really like he's like really one of the the people that bust that sound um whatever you want to call it afro Afro swing afro bashment whatever you want to call that sound like he's definitely like the one of the fathers of that and 
even when they were calling like people like Giggs and Crepton Conan Grime, when what they are is like authentic British hip hop mm. rap, you're not giving the credit to them scenes. I think, it's and true. as much as you know, when you're in the grime scene, you can kind of look at like, oh, you know, they're just they're accepting the grime title and whatever. I also feel the other way that their scenes are not getting the due credit that they deserve, and it kind of would help with a lot of the confusion because like grime is this thing here that is very specific mm. it's like niche in it really mm. like it has scope to be wider and lots of people love it and it went around the uk and it was massive but really it's like it's still a niche sound whereas mm. a lot of the stuff that is in the charts is a lot more commercial sounding yeah. it's a lot more melodic or you know, using auto tune or like marimbas yeah. or like pads and melodies and slower tempo, so it's just easier to bop your head to. Yeah, a lot of it's like way more commercial, and I feel yeah. like there's a lot of listeners out there, and I see them when they would come to Eskimo dance. They think that they love grime, but this thing that they love is, it's really just British black music mm. more than just grime. Mm. That's true. That's true, man. I think you hit the nail on the head there, bro, to be fair, man. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I don't even think I can add to that point. I yeah. just think everything you're saying there is true. I feel like a lot of them, a lot of the people that don't do grime but are called grime should stand up and say, no, this is not grime. But then they get like, it's negative as well. Like when you say no, I, I had this because I, I had a real problem with how I express myself. I, I, you've known me for a very long time mm. and I'm very... I have no ill intent, but my, my delivery is often very matter-of-fact and to the mm, point, mm. so it can seem rude. Mm. And when I'd say, that's not a grime tune, mm. even though the words I'm saying are, that's not a grime tune, <laughs> it sounds like that tune's shit. Yeah, yeah, Do you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not grime. Yeah. They're not good, is what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. When really it's like, to not give gigs the due respect that he deserves for basically raising up british rap not like that hip-hop style but like yeah. rap road yeah. rap was what it was called at the time when it yeah. bust through an sm1 all over the place and mixtapes and stuff yeah like to not give it its due credit i feel is unfair as well as detrimental to, to graham and even yeah. now you've got drill which is to the average person, how are they even going to know what the difference is? Do you know what I mean? No, it's true. It's funny because... Because um, drill's bare similar to grime. guy was driving down the road and I was thinking, what's that grime tune he's playing now? Mm. I was, I was not bopping my head to get me thinking, that sounds sick. And as he got closer, uh, it was drill. Yeah. But at first, from afar... When, you, when like all you grime. hear is the sub and it's that... And it's, the, yeah. it's a sliding bass as well. So yeah. For, for me, a lot of that drill production really reminds me of Crazy Bandit from back in the day. <laughs> it's mad. Um... But oh yeah, yeah, that's man. its own thing, and they have their own culture. A lot of them kids haven't even grown up on grime at all. Yeah. A lot of them don't know anything about grime or listen to grime. They're not influenced by grime, but their music sounds really superficially similar because it's, it's 70 BPM, not 140. Mm. And they're using road slang, and they're all wearing tracksuits and Stone Island. Mm. And like, If your name's Dave or Sharon from the middle of England, mm. and you see that, then everything's the same. Yeah, man. It's true, and it's sad because some people will tarnish another man's thing with something else. Yeah, whether it's a good or bad thing, sometimes. Yeah, like everything, some everything's a grime MC when it's in the news for getting, like, doing a fuckery or getting yeah, arrested or that's whatever. What I'm saying when a bad thing happens, it's grime. Yeah. Something good happens, 
is not so much gram. Mm. Or when something good happens, someone that's not gram will accept it. And when something bad happens, they don't want to accept it. Top 20 gram tunes of the year and all that nonsense. Yeah, like, you know I what think, I mean? I think people are starting to educate themselves a little bit more as well because this conversation comes up more and more and more. But it's definitely a problem. It's definitely a problem. Like, But people don't care about educating themselves, man. Like, yeah, man. They just follow memes and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Or what's in front of their faces. I think people sometimes just say what it is, man. It's like, yeah. this is rap, this is gram. It's not a biggie. We all rate each other's things. So yeah. It's like, right now, I've got, I'm sitting on a few rap songs, and when I put it out, I'm going to tell people, yeah, I got a new rap thing out. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's not a yeah. biggie. Like, just, just some people shouldn't even have to say this is rap. You hear it and know it's rap. But when you've got the person that don't know any don't different, know any different. Exactly. it's good to make it clear to them so that yeah. it's... it's, it's categorized in the right way do you know what i mean absolutely absolutely and like you're even working with people that are uh, experimenting and doing different stuff or mainly yeah, operating and like you said you've got k9 who's yeah. working in both places mm. and it's not a thing of i'm gonna try this it's just like this is just what you do this is it i think now the modern day artists the the good ones mm. know how to fuck with more than one yeah. sound or genre don't get me wrong, you're going to have your specialist field or area that you yeah. know that's what you do. But then, you know, right now, if you go on Instagram, you're seeing Wiley and he's showing people that he's still got a whole range of different styles and yeah. patterns. If he wanted to give it to them, he can. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, his biggest tune in a long while, Boasties. Right, know, like do you know what I mean? Jump up, dancehall uh, tune. Do you know what I'm trying to say? And just shows that you don't have to. There's one thing saying that I'm Graham and I do Graham and I'm, I'm a... But then there's the other side of it, which is you have you're you're an artist. You can yeah. express and experiment. But yourself. it ain't you're not you're not like you're not owned by Grime Records. <laughs> exactly. Do you know what I mean? This is it. Like <laughs> you're not you're not chained to Grime and can't yeah. ever do anything else. Yeah, um, fam. I think if you look at people's albums now as well, well, to be honest with you, it's always been the case. Like when Kano brought his album out, Dizzy, even Dizzy Boy in the Corner. Mm. there's more on there than is just grime. I don't think you can even call that a grime yeah, album. I think to call Boy in the Corner a grime album is doing it a disservice because there's bare different sounds on there. But then you listen to Kano, uh, Home Sweet Home was the first one, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Getting old, bruv. Getting old. <laughs> um, that's definitely not just a grime album, but this there's grime bangers on there. And then come back now and, you know, AJ Tracy, number three album, there's some grime tunes on, there's a garage tune on there. Mm. You know, there's a all kinds of different sounds on there that, that are all yeah, existing man. in the same space. And it's not like I'm jumping on this to because this is the wave and I'm gonna I need to get a part of this. It's just like you said, people listen to all sorts now. Like they're actually on it. Even Skepta, Skepta's got different sounds. Um, I see, that's why I say that the modern day artists. You know what I mean? Uh, not they don't have to be able to do that, but if you can do it, why not show people that you can do it? Yeah. You know what I mean? But still, obviously, yeah, you might be known for become as a rapper, just come in and then you all of a sudden you're doing Graham. Or you're known as a grand man and all of a sudden you're doing I rap. hate it when you get that loaded question and it's like, oh, so so do you only do grime? Like it's a bad thing mm. and like automatically loading it so that you're going to say, no, I can do everything. Like I just make music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. like, the way that they've asked you is a way in which you're like, it's like when you're with yeah, a man, chick. Oh, is that your grand. girl, yeah? Yeah. No, 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 that's not just, my girl. No, that's not my girl. Man just links that, innit? That's yeah, just like like one thing, innit? It. It's like you're dissing it on a like you're sneak dissing it, but like they're asking you in a way that's 
engineered to get that response. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, oh, true. what? Can you only make grime? Is that all yeah, you're able to true. do? It's true. Nah, bro. Like, man, true. just makes music. I hate that question. Because then you get that answer. <laughs> exactly. Man does music, innit? Like, but nah, the truth is, I would answer that. Yes, I do do grime, but I also yes. can do a few other things. Do you know what I mean? So I want to talk to you now a little bit about um, about like the last the last couple of years uh, and your relationship with Stormin because obviously that was a very harrowing time for you personally. I don't think people there's a th- there's a difference between like working with someone and being really genuinely close with someone, mm. and I don't think people kind of realise that like that's how close you were to Stormin. Um, yeah, man. And having to see him and his family go through that. Because it's not just him. Obviously, you know, when someone has cancer, I've lost people in my family to cancer before. Like, they're the ones who are suffering the most, but everyone suffers. A hundred percent, bro, man. It was a very sad time. And I know, like, earlier on, I mentioned about Nasty Crew not being, like, as close as, mm. um, as we could have been. Like, Storming was, like, probably the the one person out of the whole crew that I would have talked to like almost every day mm. um, over the years, but from the beginning up to the point of when he passed, you know what I mean? So when you look at it like that, obviously we went through little phases where we'd have one or two little fallings out and not talking for a few days or whatever, <laughs> but as uh, you sort it out real quick, Normal. you know what I mean? And um, that was my brother, man. Do you know what I mean? Every day almost we would talk. He was such a positive guy as well. Like, even when I felt like he wasn't getting the respect that he deserved in the grime scene for everything that he'd done, maybe mm. he wasn't able to translate kind of the skill set that he had into into making tunes that were connecting or like what he was doing just wasn't what people were into at the time. Mm. But at no point did I ever get any bitterness from him at all. Like he only ever showed love to like other artists. He was always excited about the music and uh, what other people were doing and then on top of that took himself to another scene and bust himself clearing that scene yeah in in drum and bass like that's it man big moves man storm had love for music i've never loved I've never music met a person that loved music more than storming at the time and up to now i still feel like this guy's love for music was unreal so I mean, times when I had dark periods when I thought, oh, this music thing, oh, can't fuck this thing, whatever. Like, yeah. Storming never, ever, 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 ever had a period where I've he never said, heard that out of I him, ever. fuck music. Do you know what I mean? He always, always, always was on it. Um, and well, probably the, like, the most versatile artist that I've worked with and know, unknown. You know, like when you think about the different music he did put out from gram to rap to drum and bass to bashment dance all that guy was just doing music do you know what i mean um but yeah the time of him passing was quite tough to deal with um you know what i mean just watching your your friend deteriorate yeah especially after having the first op and and announcing that he'd beat that and then it coming back so quick as well like his body didn't even have time to really repair or heal or yeah you know what i mean he didn't get much long much longer after the first bus in the the first set of cancer it coming back so quick again you get me and because he went away and did like bookings and stuff like abroad yeah so like 
he'd had an operation, he'd got rid of the, the, the cancer had gone. Yeah. And then um, he went to Australia at a book. Because he was emceeing with the um, the scarf on and that as well yeah, to, yeah. to cover up the scar. And yeah, the man. Surgery. So it's like his dedication was second to none. Like you couldn't I mean? stop him. 100%. He was always going to be doing this until until he dropped down physically dead. couldn't do yeah, it anymore, that's yeah that's right he like he, nothing was going to stop him when you look back at little things like interviews and stuff like that of, of him of during that time and he was quite clear saying to everyone that this thing ain't gonna stop me from doing what i gotta do and spreading my name do you know what i mean and obviously as f- close family and friends we were concerned because we wanted him to just rest and stop doing so much mm. but he looked at it as if he stopped doing so much, it's going to kill him faster. Do you understand? I hear that. That that was the fight. Like you said, the music was the thing that he loved so much that that motivation, that yeah. energised him, I guess. That's right. So imagine that you're sitting there thinking, I can't do music no more. For him, he's looking at it like, if I can't do music, it's going to kill me. I might as well be dead. Do you know what I mean? Mad. So that's why he kept doing it and doing it and doing it until he couldn't no more. And um, yeah, man. And even then, when he was in the hospice, man, it was uh, uh, like all the people that that came and showed love to him, all the people whose lives he'd affected and touched with his with his energy, like his mm. love that he'd spread, like for their music, um, you know, the the work that he'd done with them. Yeah. You know, it was like a who's who of people that came down to see him, and yeah, you know, man. it was a real honor when I got like you asked me to like they wanted to see you. I was like, wow, that's. You know, yeah, he man. spoke so spoke spoke really highly, and I was like, "Wow, I didn't even <laughs> didn't know he thought that of you." Yeah, because yeah. I remember he asked me to come down to. Uh, this was in the Rootkid podcast as well. He's like, he hit me up one day. I said, "Oh yeah, I'm just doing this youth club thing in Romford. Like, do you want to come? Can you come down and like check out some of the kids and mm. and talk to them and listen to some of their stuff?" So I was mm. like, "Yeah, of course, man. I don't mind at all." Um, and that was just like a one-off thing, but mm. I never saw him talk about that ever. And I'm sure that there was so many more things that he'd done mm. that were positive like that. That people, that, that only the the people, the only people that will know about that are the ones that he did it with. Yeah, that's I mean? true. Yeah, man. Because he was never like shouting out, "I did, I, I was in Nasty Crew at the start. I had the Skippy flow first. Yeah. I was this, and I, you know, you, I yeah. demand that he never demanded nothing. Yeah, that's true. Never sh- shouted about all of his achievements." Even when he went off and like started doing a drum and bass thing and was mad successful, he was always humble with it as well. And like mm. you said, he really—that's how you know it's real love. You're not doing it just to shout off, yeah, yeah, and yeah. let everyone know what you've done. You're doing it because you that's love right. it. That's right. Got to respect it, man. Definitely, man. But we move forward. Right, even with story. like, even with Teddy Bruckshot, like, so just like how. You, do you, were you talking to him when he came up with that idea? Because that was hilarious. Yeah, man. Obviously, Stillman loved the character Teddy Brockshot from yeah. Shotter's film. Um, and then, just as a joke, like we used to always catch jokes and stuff, and like different about different things. Stillman was a definitely a proper comedian. Yeah, super. So like, we'd talk about all different kinds of films and like things from, the, and he'd always remember the scenes, and it like. Ten million dollar in the bank and all this, like, yo, where you follow me for? And all that, but he was doing it in a brush shop voice, and we used to laugh. And then he's one day he just was like, bro, man's gonna fucking make an MC and 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 do it as a brush shop voice. You yeah, get me? I was like, bro, he's like, yeah, but no one's gonna know it's me though. And I was like, shut up. He's like, yeah, watch, watch. 
And then from there, man just kept doing it. And yeah, he kept it undercover for about eight years, man. <laughs> yeah, bro. It's jokes. Was, yeah. Only people like Nasty Jack, Spyro, myself, few of the people like in the house lot knew. And then I, it started becoming a behind the scenes industry gossip. Like we yeah. industry people knew it was storming, <laughs> but the the consumer, the fans didn't know. No. So it was like everyone had to keep it quiet. Then there's a few different times when people try to expose it in different ways. And then it was just funny, uh, just trying to like re- sort it out. Do you know what I mean? And get it so that people were Squash off the, off the <laughs> scent, like they weren't sure what was going on. Send Black Steve out there to do it a bit, or like Nasty Jack got, yeah, got to do it over like, there. And yeah, thing. it was mad, but it was it was good though. It was it was a uh, Stormin loved it, man. And right near the final stages, like in the last few years, Brock Short started getting like PA's and performances and stuff. Yeah, so he went out like. Yes, like I remember. Dreadlocks and the, like his uh, face yeah, covered yeah, up yeah, and yeah. that, and he like the double DWE <laughs> show, and he did um, Brixton Jam before. You're a few different spots, yeah, man. Sick. Shot. It was sick. Got them PAs in, man. That's crazy. Trust me, man. But yeah, big up Spyro as well, cause man, like Sounds of the Sir, um, helped that Teddy Brockshot's uh, awareness. By yeah, because that there wasn't really a tune. Like he did the the running. Um, Run for cover. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah. But then that tune there really... That got signed. That yeah. went off to a different audience. That's right. Bare people clocked that. Like, started playing that in a rave and everyone's going mad. I'm like, oh, yo, sick. That's Wicked. what I'm saying. Teddy's so back. Yeah, you know I mean? Like, but well, yeah, I'm man. sitting on a couple unreleased Brock shots as well, so they might be coming real soon, you know? Okay. Put that first on the Logan Brock shot. <laughs> Sick stuff, man. Thank you so much yeah, for the time, man. man. I know Thank you're mad you, busy. I'm stealing. I know I'm stealing hours out of your day. I know, bro. After this, I gotta go home, man. I can't even do no more work. You're melting. Yeah, in I the got chair, told man. off by Logan for working too hard. So yeah, I'm gonna look go after home yourself. After this, yeah. this this whole like sleep when you're dead thing is a myth because you'll be dead <laughs> sooner. Like make the most of your time. Don't don't work to live. Do you know what I mean? Like don't make your life that. You gotta find joy and enjoy it and take time yeah, balance kind of journey it's about the balance journey bro right, you know but yeah right now perfectly balanced as all things should be you get me yeah, but i'm gonna work hard for a little bit longer but yeah don't worry i'm done balance <laughs> thank you very much for joining me sharky major look out for the next grime originals follow at grime originals on all your good social media and sharky major as well the links will all be in the description of this video if you are listening to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever it is you're listening to, then you can find us on YouTube as well. You can watch the podcast. Jeez. Um, put up one a week. So, yeah, check it out. Give us a subscribe. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, leave us a review. It all helps. Uh, we'll be back for more. But, again, thank you, Sharky. Grime Originals. We'll see back, you in a dance real soon. Bless. Up.